Chapter three of the Peril Finders by George Fenn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter three. Howdy, all on you, two boys included. D'ye hear, Nippers? I was a bit scared about catching you, Doctor. You're wanted yonder. An accident? cried the Doctor quickly. Accident? said the newcomer. Well, yes, that'll do. You might call him an accident, poor beggar. For he's about clay down to the lowest level. Some call him a loafer, but we'll say an accident, fatal accident. For I'm thinking he's too far gone for you, friendly, clever doctor as you are. Where is he? At your place? Nay, he's trudging along after me. I said I'd fetch the doctor to him, poor fellow, but he just found words enough to say he'd come after me, and he crept along yes continued the american turning to the doctor here he comes do what you can for him and send him back to me he can have one of the sheds and as much husk as he likes to lie on for the time he wants it i don't think that'll be long i dare say we can do that for him poor fellow said the doctor coldly as he stepped towards the door and then uttered an exclamation for goodness sake Bourne, look here both his companions and the boys hurried to the door to look out where a strange gaunt-looking grey-haired figure came creeping along in the hot sunshine walking painfully by the help of a stout six-foot stick at the first glance the red-brown skin drawn so tightly over his face made him resemble a mummy more than a living being while his worn canvas and skin garments clung so tightly to him that his bodily aspect was horribly suggestive of a clothed skeleton upon seeing that he was observed he stopped short leaning forward resting heavily upon the stick to which he clung peering from beneath the shadow cast by his bony brows while his eyes deeply sunken in their orbits seemed to literally glow the next moment he turned slowly towards a rough bench fixed beneath a shade-giving tree and sank slowly down with his back to the trunk stretching out a long thin hand towards the doctor while his dry greyish lips moved as if appealing naturally to him the man he believed able to give that which he sought help oh how horrible whispered chris to his companion if i had seen him lying down i should have thought that he was dead the boy's idea was shared by all present as the doctor stepped forward to their visitor that's how he looked at me when he came up said their american neighbour he can't say a word only point and make signs but where does he come from over yonder said the american nodding southeast i caught sight of him when i first woke this morning ever so far away and then forgot all about him for hours when i saw him again and he had crawled nearer about a hundred yards an hour i should say he looked so queer that i went over to him and tried as soon as i had got over the first look to find out who and what he was well said christopher eagerly who is he you know as much as i do squire and that's nothing was the reply but i guess yes what cried ned strikes me young sir that he's some poor chap who has been regularly swallowed up in the great desert of salt plains over yonder 
lost his way and his wits too seemingly lots have been in my time what crossing the plains said chris yes it's like getting into quicksands i never knew of any one before getting back again after once getting well in it's going straight away to death to go there this one's crawled out poor chap but it's only to die look at him he's as good as dead now all but his eyes yes it's horrible said ned in a voice hardly above a whisper how can anybody be so foolish as to go ah that's it said the american with a harsh chuckle they've seen yellow or fancied they have and been dreaming about it till it's too much for them and away they go mad yellow said chris wonderingly i don't understand you he's making fun of us chris not a bit of it my lad said the american i mean it he's had the yellow fever badly i had an awful fit of it when i first came out here and took up land to grow things that won't grow there were plenty of old settlers and people here in those days who had come crammed full of stories about the salt desert yonder and what it hid they said that in the old mission fathers who first came here to travel about among the indians discovered an old city there half buried in the drifting sand and beyond it two great hills they said that there was a great treasure in the city left by the old people who had lived there and that the hills beyond were of solid gold waiting for any one who would risk all there was to meet and go they said he'd come back the richest man in the world if he did come back at all and did anybody go said chris breathlessly oh yes my lad as i said before but no one had ever heard of any coming back to be rich i didn't go hadn't pluck enough i suppose or else you might have seen me coming back like that poor chap there don't look very rich do we no horrible said chris again look ned father's doing something to him yes said the american grimly and i expect we shall all have to do something to him soon what cried ned excitedly dig replied the american almost in a whisper and the boys looked about at the beautiful scene spreading around and shuddered as they felt the full meaning of their neighbour's words ah tain't nice to think about is it lads continued the american much better to stop here and grow yellow oranges not that i found it so he continued with a sigh it's all been one horrible disappointment still one is alive and well while that poor fellow but he's very very old said chris old awful looks old too from what he's gone through i should say he has starved and been dried up with thirst and been hunted by those brutes of plain indians and had all his seven senses driven out of him but maybe i'm all wrong after all oh no i think you're right said chris eagerly you must be master perhaps it's all my fancy how could a man come like it then cried ned that's what we've got to learn my lad but most likely we shall never know for take my word that poor chap has found his way to this place at last as a quiet spot where he may lie down and die and my father won't let him cried chris excitedly look 
he's going to do something for the poor fellow now the little group moved towards where the doctor was bending over his new patient but he motioned to them to keep back and all waited watching him for the next ten minutes when he beckoned to mr bourne who stepped forward to find the stranger lying motionless and with his eyes closed dead he whispered in awe-stricken tones as he gazed down pityingly at the wasted object before him as near to it as he can be to remain alive replied the doctor i can't let him lie here ask wilton to help you bring the loose door from the long shed and we'll get him upon it and carry him there yes said mr bourne quickly and he hurried back to the others come for the physique said the american smiling but on hearing what was required he eagerly joined in to help and in a few minutes the roughly made door was placed besides the unfortunate man who was drawn upon it and carried into the long open shed and placed upon a heap of sweet new indian corn husks over which a blanket had been laid a home-made pillow being fetched by chris from the shanty the party shared and as soon as the stranger felt the restfulness of his shaded easy couch he uttered a low sigh opened his eyes and looked up in the doctor's but only to gaze in a strange far-off stony way gonna give him something now doctor said the american not yet was the reply he's quite exhausted and disposed to sleep did you give him anything mug o' water with a drop of cold tea in he seemed choked with thirst then i will wait and see if he sleeps before i do more but say mister said the american i didn't show him the way here as to plant him on to you i thought you'd give him some pills now and a draught to take in the morning i could have done this for the poor chap hadn't you better do something of that sort and let me take him back what do you say to bleeding him when he has a scarcely a drop of blood left in his body oh all right i don't understand that sort of thing doctor but i don't want you to think i meant to shuffle from helping a man out of a hole oh i don't think that griggs said the doctor warmly but the poor fellow must not be moved he's in the last stage of exhaustion and must have suffered terribly precious old and ain't he said the american gazing down at the head no longer covered by the rough cap of puma skin that the patient had worn and all noting the yellow half bald head and the long thin perfectly white hair and beard a man of seventy or more i should say replied the doctor gravely hundred and seventy you mean said the american sharply no about the age i said replied the doctor well cried the american in a tone full of the surprise he felt you do surprise me doctor yes let's leave him for a bit said the doctor as he saw that their visitor's eyes remained closed perhaps he will sleep for a while the party backed out of the airy shed used for storing corn in the season and often utilized in the hottest weather for a sleeping place by the occupants of the shanty and the strange visitor was left alone i feel mean over this job neighbours said the american as they moved towards the shanty and now i'm going to be meaner and meaner as i am here and have no time to see my vitling department got anything to eat 
a very poor spread griggs said wilton smiling but of course we shall be glad if you'll share it i'll call that well kind of you and i will stop for i'm downright hungry and precious little to home i say if the president ever sends round for us to vote a new name for this part of the state i should propose that we call it starvationton why look here you're a deal better off for corn and hay than i am to home he continued as he sat back after munching potatoes and damper and washing all down with fresh cool water from a little spring which never failed white wine too as never gets into a fellow's head but the place don't answer my expectations does it yours ours no griggs said mr bourne sadly we've made up our minds to give it up not pull up stakes and go cried the american bringing the haft of his knife down upon the rough table with a loud rap yes said the doctor fruit growing here is fruitless yes because we don't get any fruit but look here you neighbour wilton you don't say anything you don't mean to go too indeed i do replied the gentleman addressed hear him cried the american but you lads you are going why of course we should cried the boys in a breath what and leave me nearly all alone by myself well as sure as my name's thaniel griggs i call it mean he looked round from one to the other as if asking for an explanation and rested his eyes last upon mr bourne as he added oh neighbourly that it is we shall be sorry to lose so good a neighbour said bourne but what is to be gained by trying any longer hmm, that's a riddle said the american give it up ask me another what can we do to improve our position anywhere near ah that's another riddle and not so easy as t'other got any more for i give that one up too i think those two are enough said wilton merrily the fact is griggs we have all come to the conclusion that we are wasting our lives here where are you going then home was the reply ah cried griggs there's a nice sound about that home well i shall go with you what cried the doctor to england no i didn't say that but i'm not going to cross the herring pond your people yonder wouldn't take to me but let's try some other place pull up tent pegs and take a location further north and i'll go with you what do you say doctor that you are wasting your life here mr griggs and that i should strongly advise you to make a fresh start along with you and the other neighbours i do not say that eh not too proud to have me are you certainly not said the doctor warmly you have often proved yourself too good a friend ah that sounds better doctor just you think over what i said and don't be in too great a hurry to go back to the old country there thank you for the dinner dinner said wilton contemptuously i wish it was might have been worse said the american good-humouredly you old country folk have a saying about you shouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth well that'll do in this case new version when you go out to dinner you shouldn't look at what people give you to put in your mouth there i'm off but looky here squires all of you i'm off now to go on killing blight and things 
but as soon as you're tired of our wild man just send me word and i'll fetch him over to my place he gave a comprehensive nod all round and was passing through the door but turned sharply round here i'll take just a peep at the poor fellow as i go doctor by your leave go on tiptoe you know perhaps you'd like to go with me yes i want to see him again replied the doctor and they went to the temporary hospital together and found the stranger sleeping heavily man must have gone through a deal to get to look like that doctor whispered the american as they stole away a great deal more than we know or ever shall know friend griggs replied chris's father oh i don't know so much about that minster you once get him well and he'll spin us a yarn i expect such as make our hair stand on end but how to get him well said the doctor smiling sadly oh you go on you'll do it see how you mended that black fellow the horse kicked to pieces it was wonderful made me wish i'd been a doctor myself but there i must be off back he turned away and after another glance at his sleeping patient who quite fascinated him by his strangely weird aspect the doctor returned to the shanty where he and his companions began at once to discuss the bearings of the strange incident talking over the possibility of the man having been lost perhaps for years in one of the great deserts towards the south and having at last found his way back to civilization while the two boys sat silently drinking in every word associating their weird visitor with wild and stirring adventures in the unknown land i say ned said chris that night when they went to their rough beds shouldn't you like to go off right and see what the wild part of the country is like i just should replied chris's companion we take rifles and plenty of ammunition and go exploring it would be fine but they wouldn't let us go said chris slowly think not sure of it why if i was to ask father to give me lead he'd take me out to the long shed and say do you want to come back like that poor fellow there so would your father yes just as if it were likely i dare say he'd lost himself poor chap we shouldn't continued ned the way would be always to take bearings and never lose sight of them or take a big ball of white cotton and unwind it as you go said chris grinning you're bound to find your way back then get out you're poking fun at me said ned quietly i know a better way than that of yours which is of course nonsense how could a fellow take miles of cotton in his pocket to unwind no i tell you what the best way would be chris chris why don't you answer oh what a dumb cough it is fast as a top in a moment i never saw such a fellow to sleep End of chapter three